Y'all, anybody overcomers in here? Come on. I didn't ask you if you felt like it. Some of y'all just, what do you mean, Pastor? Come on. We're talking about overcoming, and we're going to talk about closing the door to the devil today. You know what? He's a liar. You know what? You got an enemy. If you hadn't realized that yet, and, and it's, not, it's not people. And, you know, you, you, we grow up in circumstances and situations that the enemy puts us in. You got quiet. What you grew up in, you may not grew up in peace and love and joy. But you know what? That's the enemy brought you up in that. And God wants to make you new. And, you know, how many of you had lies spoken over you as a kid? Yeah. Uh, you know, our fear instilled in you. You know, fear, fear is the party killer. You know, you can't do anything if you're living in fear. I think I'm, no, I'm not. I'm going to, no, I'm not. I'm afraid to go over there. They might like me. If I go to Legacy, they might like me and they might love on me. You know, she's surprised how many people are like, man, they hug people around here. I don't know what that is. Come on. It's the love of God, isn't it? Amen. So we're going to dig into this word today. And, and, and you know, I, I want you to start off with believing is agreeing. Whether it's a lie or whether it's the truth. Believing is agreeing. And, you know, we just watched the video of a bunch of testimonies. And I'm asking Brittany to come up. Brittany, be where you at. See out there somewhere. She's going to come and just share a little bit of her testimony. Amen, amen. Give her a hand clap. She's, she's nervous. She's not nervous a lick. I am a little bit nervous. Hey, everybody. Can you hear me? <laughs> okay. So um, my name is Brittany B., and um, I just want to share for a few minutes about what I grew up in and kind of so you can get to know me a little bit more, but also so that God can be glorified through this as my testimony. So I grew up in a home where love was very conditional. Um, I had to earn love or through my actions or through my good behavior or through good grades and things like that. Um, so anger controlled the atmosphere of my home. Um, abuse, mental, sexual, and um, verbal abuse ran really rampant in my home. And narcissism filled my bloodline. And those of you that don't know what narcissism is, it's a personality and a mental disorder and so you can imagine my mom having seven other siblings. So narcissism and mental and personality disorders ran very rampant in my family. And nobody knew their identity. Nobody knew the, the love of God. And so abuse and poison and a lot of things ran very rampant in my home. Um, I believed for a very long time that I had to earn love. And I believed that anger and rage would always control me because all I saw growing up was emotions controlling everybody that I was around. And I believed that I would always battle mental illnesses. I believed I would always battle anxiety and depression. And notice how all these are past tense. And um, the enemy had me believe in those things for so long because as a child, when you're growing up in that and that's all you're hearing, is you're not good enough, or you're not worthy enough, or you're unlovable, or you'll never amount to nothing, that starts to be what you believe, and that starts to be what you expect in life to happen to you. So I'm just here to tell you today that if you're not dead, that God's not done with you yet. And, 
In Genesis 50, 20, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. So whoever that you is in your life that has destroyed you or tore you down or broke your heart, God can and will heal all of that. And, and you know, the amazing thing with that is, is God, whatever the enemy meant for evil, God will turn it around. That's how good God is. And he'll even take a mistake and turn it into a testimony. He'll take a battle that you walked through and help you pull other people out of it. And the rest of that scripture says, what, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present outcome that many people would be kept alive. So don't stay so focused on your battle that you miss who's fighting right beside you. And I got saved when I was 14. And, you know, all my, all those 14 years, I believed that I was completely worthless. I really, y'all, I got strong tattooed on me because I was very suicidal and I really didn't want to be here anymore. Like, it was very many times I wanted to take my life. And a lot of people see me now and they're like, you're so happy all the time. Nothing's going wrong in your life. Y'all just don't know what God has broken off my life. God has broken depression off my life. God has broken generational curses off my life. God has broken narcissism off of my life. And I am here to tell you that there is no battle that you face that God can't conquer. No matter what mountain is front in front of you, God can and will move it. So the biggest way in overcoming the enemy is shift your mentality. No one in here is a victim. Do you hear me? You are all victors. And today I pray that through pastor and through each person that's speaking, that your mentality gets shifted from a victim to a victor. You all are overcomers, and I cannot wait to hear what God is doing in your life. And I just also want to say that in, in our trials and in our painful times, we experience pain, and the enemy wants so badly for you to stay focused on that pain and stay focused on that heartbreak, because if you stay focused right there, you miss everything that God is trying to do. It's not, and also identify your attacker. Your attacker is not God. God is not putting this on you. God is not hurting you. God does not want bad for you. But just like my son, he's four years old, and I say, Liam, all the time, Liam, please stop doing that. I don't want you to get hurt. You have the choice. He has the choice to listen to me. And just like us, we can listen to our Heavenly Father and let Him guide us and protect us, or we can go against Him. And the amazing thing is, when we go against Him, He still comes to our rescue. So let him come to your rescue today in the mighty name of Jesus. Wasn't that good? Well, get your notes out. Anybody need notes? Wave at me. Wave at the ushers. They're waiting, ready. Go put the front on the right. Can I have $2 over here? No, I'm just kidding. We're not doing an auction. So, so, so. What you're raised in, you become a victim of, good or bad, huh? And, and so we want to we wanna be overcomers, and we have to dig into the Word of God, and there's some things that you need to recognize that lies uh, give the devil a foothold. How do you know if it's a foothold? You know what you were spoken to? You know, uh, I, I was told some crazy things growing up, like don't get in the water till you learn how to swim. So I'm, I'm doing this, you know, I'm going to swim one day, but I can't get in the water till I learn how. So yes, it's, you know, but anyway, how do you know it becomes a foothold? How do you know that lies become a foothold? Cause you're expecting it to happen. Huh? 
It doesn't surprise you at all. Well, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I was expecting it. You know, bad things always happen to me. I was expecting it. Well, bad things are a foothold in your heart, in your mind, aren't they? So that's what we got to change. You need to have expectation that God's going to do something for you, that God's going to move in your life. You know, let's start off and talk about some of the lies real quick and the, how the enemy works. In Genesis 3, 1, it says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast in the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said, and the serpent said to the woman, Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree in the midst of the garden, God has said you shall not eat nor shall you touch it lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. He lied to her. Now, they didn't die physically. Eventually they did, but they died spiritually when they added the tree. The first step to sin is to believe the lie. The truth is Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way. If there was another way, why did he die on the cross? Man, that was, you know, come on. So Jesus is the way. That's the truth. And everything else is a lie. And we've got to get, a, get our mind right and get a hold of the truth. Because uh, we, we know, we know the first steps, you know, to sin is believing that lie. It won't hurt you. Smoking won't hurt you. You remember my demonstration last Sunday, you know, you, you make yourself, train yourself to smoke. And it won't kill you right off, but after about 40 years, it might. And so it's like a donut. Donuts are wonderful, but if you eat too many, it will eventually kill you. And so, so for God knows the day that your eyes should be open in verse 5, and you will be like him, knowing good and evil. And, and, and then in Genesis 4, they brought sacrifices. And uh, verse 4, 7, uh, I want to read this to you. It says, if you do well, will you not be accepted? If you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And its desire, sin's desire is for you, but you should rule over it. From the beginning, we should rule over sin. Not sin rule over us. That's right. And it says right there, you will master it. You'll be over sin. Sin, you should control it. And I'm going to tell you, when you get empty, you're a vessel. And if you don't open up and get full, you, anybody ever, you know, took drink of milk and just leave it on the counter and that little ring at the bottom, it's crusty. You might can pour some stuff on top of it, but when you get down to the bottom, you're drinking that old crusty milk again. And a lot of us walk around just crusty. I, I, I get there. I get empty, get crusty, and I start slinging it on everybody. That's my wife. That's my daughter. They know. They take the brunt of my crusty. So I repent to them today, wherever they're at. I can't see with the lights. But anyway, God knows. Do you, you know, this is what the Holy Spirit spoke to me right here before we get out of in. Do you know why we have a helmet of salvation? Because this is where the battle's at. Amen. Yeah. Put your helmet on. Put your salvation on. Let your salvation be strong in your heart, in your mind. I'm a child of God. Everybody say it with me. I'm a child of God. I'm an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror. I have the victory because I'm a child of God. Now, come on, uh, ladies, as you shave, I mean, if you're fixing your hair, as you're fixing your hair in the morning, say, you're a child of God. Look at you. Men, as you're shaving, 
Look at yourself. Tell yourself you're a child of God. I don't care you've been saved for 40 years. You've got to build yourself up and keep filled, keep full, be filled, be filled, be filled. And so let's dig into this. This is where the warfare happens. Remember last Sunday we talked about these things. And so there's three ways that brings, that's the enemy in. Number one, you ready? Look at number one, write it down. The destructive sins that we continue to commit. Go back, go back, go back. The Bible talks about that you can wash a hog and once you let it go, it goes back to the wallet, doesn't it? And you know, you, you, you can put a bow on it and, and you can call it a dog, but it's going back to that mud hole. It enjoys that mud hole. But, but we aren't that way. We're the children of God. And we desire righteousness. We desire holiness. And we desire the things that God has put on the inside of us. And we have to pursue those and not the muck and the mire. Matter of fact, Jesus pulled us out of the muck and the mire and set us on the rock, which is him. And so we got to be pulled up and we got to stand on the rock. We can quit going to the muck and the mire and stand on the word. So there, I, I want to I uh, talk about the destructive sins that we keep committing. Now, boy, what are we going to talk about? We're gonna, no, we're not going to talk about all of them. I'm just going to pick on a couple of them and say, y'all get ready. 2 Corinthians 2.10. Let's talk about unforgiveness just for a little bit. We're going to talk about a major one right here. Unforgiveness. There's two of them. We're going to talk about two majors today. I'm not going to be the clothesline preacher that, that just, you know, picks all that. You know, there's one preacher preached on bubble gum and comic, comic strips. Come on. The Holy Spirit's got a job. Let's let him do his job. Amen. It's not my job to name everybody's sin in the church. It's for you to judge yourself and let the Holy Spirit wash you, wash you out. And so look what it says. It's now whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ. He's talking about somebody that did you wrong. And Jesus will forgive them. But wait a minute, Lord. Let me get my licks in first. Come on, come on. The Lord said, if I forgive them, you got to forgive them. Amen. And the Bible's full. If in a New Testament, Jesus talks about you can't have your prayers answered if you're walking in unforgiveness. I mean, things won't work for you. Matter of fact, bad things happen to you when you start walking in unforgiveness. And somebody said unforgiveness is a poison you drink hoping it kills somebody else. And so we've got to deal with unforgiveness and we got to stay clean. Well, how, how, how do you know that you really have forgiven somebody. You're not thinking about it all night. I'm going to tell you, and rolling it over. Next time I see them, I tell you what I'm going to say. You're going to say, Jesus loves you. Okay? But, boy, we're rolling it over and over. See, we've got to be mindful of Satan's devices. He wants to bring in unforgiveness. And he'll have somebody, you know, who's having a bad day themselves, and they want to give you a bad day. See, hurt people hurt people, but just, you know, people will try to do things to give you a bad day to make you feel like them. I'm guilty. I know you're not, but, you know, polish your <laughs> halo a little bit because this glow of it's getting in my eyes. Uh, so. But replaying it over and 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 then finally going to sleep for an hour, waking up the next day and replaying it over and over and over and over and over and over and uh, you know what, I'm going to get them. 
So forgive means to release. That means you're not thinking about it anymore. Let's release. Can you forgive? Everybody say yes in Jesus' name. The old man doesn't want to forgive. Your, 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 your mind and your body doesn't want to forgive. Your mind, your mind doesn't want to forgive, but you've got to learn to forgive because it's hurting you. And so then once you learn to release and let it go, then you're getting free. Right. This, bond, it, this is the things, you know, anybody ever heard the scripture, the truth shall set you free? And what does a lie do? It binds you. And unforgiveness binds you because the truth says to forgive and unforgiveness. So let's talk real quick. What's the other big one, Pastor? Pride. Pride. Well, I've been saved for four years now. I'm a, a little bit more scriptures than y'all do, and I'm just a little bit. I see how tall I, I am because I, I am above all of you. Woo-wee. We all drank from the same cup of grace. Come on, I've seen people get delivered from something, and now they go, well, you need to be delivered. You're, you're going to hell. Well, it wasn't just two years ago that you were sitting right here by them, and now, and you know, and you want to look down on somebody and tell them they was doing wrong. Come on, we all drink from the same cup of grace. There's no pride in this. We're to minister and to love on one another. Not think that we're better and haughty or, you know, you see it in churches. Well, our church does it this way, and this is the only way God does it. You see that in Christianity. And, and, you know, if you're not doing this and then, oh, if you didn't get baptized on one foot, you need to get re-baptized again. <laughs> the pastor wasn't standing in this spot right here. Right here. This is the only spot you can get saved. Yep. Right here. Because that's where I got it. You can get saved in the bathroom, folks, at your house. Come on. That's really pride. And we don't, we don't want to box. We box in God that God's, God lives in this spot right here. The God of the universe lives right here in this spot. That's what pride does. It makes God fit right in your little spot. Come on. God can move anywhere, anytime, any place. We just got to take the lid off and let him pour into us. And not that we look down our noses at people because they're not like us. They don't worship like us. If they believe in Jesus, then we got something in common. Amen. Amen. And so let's, let's grab a hold of these things. Uh, so we to get to release people. We need to be uh, free from pride and unforgiveness. Mm. Just letting us sit there and meditate just a minute. Get rid of the pride. Get rid of the unforgiveness. I'm waiting so we can go to number two, but I'm waiting on you to get rid of it. <laughs> number two. The damaging words we continue to speak. <clears throat> Let me get it out of my mouth. And hung up in my throat. The damaging words we continue to speak. We're all guilty. I'm preaching to myself today. Man, oh man. Where do we get them from lies we've heard? The lies left over from our childhood. The lies left over from what happened yesterday or day before or two years ago. And man, you know, has anybody ever had a sore spot? You know, when, when we was kids, if somebody had a scab on their arm, man, it was a prime target. We're trying to make somebody hurt. You know how knuckle-headed boys are. And you know, the devil does the same thing. He waits till you get around somebody and it sets you off. They touch that button right there. 
You ain't nothing but a drug head. You ain't nothing but a this. And you ain't nothing but a that. And you go, come on now. And now he pushed your button and now you're bowed up. And then you're getting an unforgiveness and you're getting mad and you're getting angry. But, but the damaging words we con- continue to speak. In Proverbs 18, 21, it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. What? That wasn't in the Bible. It would be hard to believe. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Quit repeating the lies you were told. We go back and, well, I, I guess I, I'm not that. I'm, I'm, not, uh, well, I, I'm not very smart. Come on, you better quit. You better change your kids' thinking. You know, well, you, we, our family's not smart at math, so you're not going to make it, Johnny. You're not going to be smart. You need to break that curse. You tell them you go to Legacy Church, you know, you go to Legacy Church, you're smart like everybody else in there. You got, you, you're a whiz at math. What? You got the mind of Christ, Billy. Come on. You have the mind of Christ. <laughs> Come on, if you was, if, you know, what to help you work math is get, get a job where they pay you commission and they're paying you 12% of what you sell. You're going to be doing the math every day. <laughs> Whoo, I made this today because I'm getting 12% of what I, what is 12% of 100? Y'all went blank on me. Come on, that was an easy one. <laughs> Come on, we, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so quit repeating lies that you've heard. We speak those things. Uh, You know, we have creative power in our mouth. We really don't have creative power. We do when we say what God said. God has given us the power to say what he said. You know, my grandsons, I talk to them all the time. I tell them, you know what, I love you. I love you. And when I need it, they give it to me. But I'm telling Isaiah, Isaiah, you're the favorite Isaiah I have in the whole wide world. And I love you. I love you, Pop. I want him to repeat what I say. God wants us to repeat what he says. He's given us his word to say what he says about you. And don't be like, well, I can't say that because I don't feel like I'm that way. It doesn't matter what you feel like. It's what God said. God said you're beautiful. God said you're mine. God said you're precious. I made you. I created you, and you're the only one like you. Hey! And that's a good thing, not a bad thing. Because some of y'all went down, oh, Lord, I'm glad there ain't nobody like me because it's horrible. My life's horrible. Quit going there. You're blessed to be a blessing. That's what God said. I created you to be a blessing. And if it's not but to one person, you're a blessing to them. You know, I, I read, you know, the history of revivals. There was a man in the early uh, 1800s. He quit his church, and he took one boy up. God said, you, this is your assignment. And he raised that boy up and taught him the Word of God and taught him how to preach the Word, and he became a revivalist, and that's one of the biggest revivals that ever swept the world. Came out of that young man, and that other pastor quit being a pastor and pastored him. Come on. You say, well, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not this, I'm not that. If you can give a cup of water in a prophet's name, you're going to get a prophet's reward. Come on. It matters what you say. It matters what you do. And so start saying the right things that I'm, I, I'm important. I'm powerful. So God, God give us the, the power to create, but guess what? There's death in your mouth too. 
when you start speaking the lies the devil gives you. Because he's the one that backs his words. You know, back to pride. If he can't stop you, he's going to say, there's nobody as good as you. You know how he does. He's going to push you if he can't stop you. And we need to get ready, and we need to recognize that he's the liar. Look at Proverbs 6, 2. It says, you're snared by the words of your, your mouth. What's a snare? Patrick, what's a snare? A trap. It's a trap. Come on, I, I, I should have had that set up for somebody. It's a trap. You can snare your own self by the words of your mouth. I can't do that. I, I, I want to go over there. But I can't go over there. I got two good legs and feet. Why can't I? I I don't think I'm supposed to be over there. I don't think I'm good enough to be over there. Lie. If I walk over there, maybe I won't be accepted over there. Lie. Maybe, maybe, maybe God hadn't called me to go over there. If it's in your heart, maybe he has. And he'll direct you when you start moving. Nope, there's a better spot over here. Ooh, right over here. Yeah, now I'm moving in the spot. This is where God wants me. But standing over here in fear and not, and, and not moving because of lies that somebody told you, that you're no good. Yeah, as a pastor was talking about, he had 17 broken bones. 17 broken bones in his lifetime. He was told as a kid, the first time he went to the ER, he's accident prone, he'll be in the ER his whole life. And he believed it. He's a pastor, big pastor. What, what, what do you mean? But see, you can believe a negative and it become a snare in your heart. Well, I'm just accident prone. 17 broken bones almost every year. He's breaking an ankle, breaking an arm, breaking a shoulder, just broken fingers, just, just crazy things. It opened the door to the devil. He's riding a bicycle and just straight down a straight road and it flips. Somebody had a vision. They was in a church and said, hey, we need to pray for Pastor so-and-so. I just saw him a lion attack him. At the same time, he, the bicycle just flipped. Like the wheels locked up and the front wheel locked up and he flipped over. Come on, the enemy. He'll snare you by the words of your mouth. And, and we need to break uh, the, the snare, the trap that keeps us bound. Let's go to Numbers 30. I want to show you a principle that will help you. Okay? So Moses is talking to the people, and Moses spoke to the heads of the tribes concerning the children of Israel, saying, this is the thing which the Lord commanded, or has commanded. If a man makes a vow, what you say, makes a vow to the Lord, and swears an oath to bind himself by some agreement, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. Verse 3, or if a woman makes a vow to the Lord and binds herself by some agreement while in her father's house in her youth and her father hears her vow and the agreement by which she has bound herself and the father holds, and the father holds his peace, then all of her vows shall stand. And every agreement with which she has bound herself shall stand. But if the father overrules her on the day that he hears, then none of her vows nor her agreements by which she has bound herself shall stand, and the Lord will release her because her father overruled her. Now, what are you trying to say here? The father is the spiritual head of the household, okay? 
and this girl or even probably a young boy, if they make a vow and they're not old enough to make that commitment, Father said, nope, that is not true. That's spiritual authority. So let me back up just for a second. This pastor broke 17 bones and he's dealing with a broken bone. He calls a, a pastor that he's under. I've got three pastors and three ministers I'm under and, and he has several ministers and he said, you know, he goes, man, I, I thought I, you know, I, I broke that off my life that I'm accident prone, but I broke, I broke my ankle again. And, and this pastor got quiet. He goes, you got quiet. He says, yeah, I got a word for you. I'm gonna, let me prophesy over you. This is the word of the Lord. None of Messiah's bones were broken. And I break this curse off your life and none of your bones will ever be broken again in Jesus' name. He had spiritual authority over him. And he broke that curse. Okay? Maybe you've been living in a curse. Today's the day for it to be broken. Today is the day for that spiritual curse to be broken off of you. Well, who's got spiritual authority? I do. Tim does. Miss Becky does. Matter of fact, anybody that you esteem to be spiritual, you can go to them and say, break this off of me. We have a whole line of prayer warriors on the wall over there. They can break a curse off you in Jesus' name. Miss Shirley can. Scott. Anybody that you deem spiritual and you allow them to pray over you and be spiritual authority over you, they can break that curse off you. Because there are curses in the earth. And if you don't ever deal with them, you're going to deal with them. If you don't ever tell them to stop and quit and quit in Jesus' name, you're going to have to deal with it. And it's not that, it's not that, that just the devil's doing it. You have believed it in your heart. And you think you're accident prone. You think it's just going to happen. We, we were building a house one time, and we moved into these apartments. Met some people who grew up real close to where we are, and they had a little boy, and I'm going to guess he was five years old. And I took, his daddy worked three, go, three days gone and three days back, and inevitably when his daddy was gone, he, I carried him. I had to take him to the ER. They sold his foot up. They sold his hand up, you know. And, and he ate berries, that, you know, the red berries on the holly bushes. And they're poison, you know. And, and you know, he just, he was, he was Dennis the Menace, you know. <laughs> and his mama spoke it. He come in one day, and his tongue was hurting. What? Your, my tongue's hurting, mama. My tongue's hurting. And she goes, how in the world did you hurt your tongue? And he pulled out his pocket and said, I've been sucking on this brick. He had a little piece of a brick, and he'd been sucking on it with his tongue. Well, the curse was broken off that old boy. What I'm saying is you know people like that, and they receive it. And even in adults, they do things, and they trip, fall, whatever. Break it. Break it. That boy's a firefighter. They fly him to California or wherever, and he's a big-time firefighter going fighting forest fires all over the world. But, man, you know, I just thought that was funny. He was sucking on a brick, and his tongue was hurt. How in the world do you hurt your tongue? But hey, y'all sitting there, don't, I'm, don't, I'm not telling my story. <laughs> Number three, we're going to break some stuff off today. We're going to get back to that. Number three, the negative thoughts we continue to think. Negative, negative, negative. Come on, negative thoughts. Proverbs 23 and 7, for as he thinks in his heart, so he is. It's so powerful what you think in your heart. 
Matter of fact, if you're sitting there thinking that stuff can't be broken off you and you can't change and that you're no good, you're not hearing me. You still got the lid on. So in Jesus' name, I'll break that cap off of you and God can pour into you today because God wants to pour into you. Well, I'm a nobody. No, you're not. You're somebody because God made you. You're a child of God. I love my family, but I'm a child of God first. I've said it before. Blood is thicker than water. And that's not, that's not the blood of your family. That's the blood of Jesus is thicker than the womb water you were born in. Come on. The blood of Jesus is thicker than the womb water you were born in. He is family. And God is your family. And God created you. You are just be raised by your mother and father just for a moment till you could get on your feet and receive Jesus for yourself and to feed yourself the word of God. Amen? Okay. I know y'all. Okay. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. Come on. So we have got to change our thinking. And then I did John 8, 32. I quoted it earlier. And you shall know the truth. The truth shall make you free. Lies bind you up. The lies in your heart. You know, my kids would come in. They call me a stupid head. Ah. I said, are you? No, I'm not. I said, why are you crying then? It should just fall off you like duck on the water's back. It shouldn't mean anything to you at all. But who are they? Who are they? Are they important? They're just a kid like you. They don't know anybody. Maybe their mama calls them a stupid head. You know you're not one, and I declare you're not one in Jesus' name. This lady was pushing her little girl through the grocery store, and a little beautiful three-year-old, and the woman behind her said, oh, your daughter's so beautiful. She's so sweet. When she becomes a teenager, though, she's going to break your heart. And that woman had been taught the word, just what we're teaching today. She got in the car and said, I'll break that off you in Jesus' name. You're going to be a blessing all the days of your life. You see what's happening here? She was, had spiritual authority, and she's breaking that, the thoughts, that thought put in her heart. And the mama was just like, oh, what's she going to do? What's she going to do? Man, that's a curse. Well, how, what's she going to do? She's going to grow up and get pregnant at 15. Oh, she's going to get on drugs at 15. She's going to go to jail at 15. That's a lie. You see how it works? I'm, I'm trying to help you this morning. Just nod your head or something or snore. You know, okay. And so, so I'm just fun, making fun now. All right. Numbers thir- in Numbers 13.32, look at, look at this. This is what happened. God has promised you some things. They don't happen just because he's promised them. He keeps the promise. We have to receive the promise. This is the children of Israel, one of my favorite stories. And they go into the promised land, and here they come back. And they gave the children of Israel bad, everybody say bad report. I'm just giving you a chance to just wake up. A bad report in the land which they had spied out saying, this is the thing which the Lord has commanded. I'm sorry, wrong verse, huh? The land that the Lord, which we have gone as spies into the land that devours the inhabitants. It devi- let me read this a little bit better. Let me, let, me, let me read it the way they told it, because you can just read it. I'm going to start over. And they gave the children a bad report, which they had spied out, saying, the land which we have gone as spies in the land. It devours the inhabitants. It's like Godzilla. And it's coming after us. It's going to open up and swallow us. 
It's going to get us. Wait a minute. This is the land God promised. But this land's going to get you. Okay. Y'all not reacting very good. (laughs) And all the people that we saw, they're men of great stature. Y'all got to get into this. And there we saw giants. Giants. The sons of Anak. They came from giants. And we were as grasshoppers. In their eyes. They were mind readers because they could read those giants' minds. We were as grasshoppers in their eyes. And we are like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. How many of you know the devil will paint a picture? How many you know he fabricates evidence? You know, I, I always tell people, if you're, if you're believing God for something and direction, God will give you confirmation. How many of you know the devil will give you confirmation? See there, I told you. I told you it wouldn't work. You're always going to have that man or woman going to come up, nah, huh are you trying to believe God? Yeah, I told you it don't work. It don't work. It never worked for me. I don't read. That's why I don't read the Bible. I've never read the Bible. But I've got good advice. Let's tell me go sit down. I'm getting sick to my stomach now. Did you know God has no problems with giants? Come on. We serve a God that's bigger than giants. We serve a great God, a mighty God, and he's great and mighty on your behalf. We have got to change our thinking. Well, I, 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 I am a child of God. That's where you start. I'm bought by the blood of Jesus. I'm an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror because of the blood of Jesus. And yeah, my righteousness is as filthy rags and my mental capability may be weak, but I know I am, there is one in me and I am in him. And he makes the way. He makes a way where there seems to be no way. And when the giants rise up, he pushes them down. Come on, that's the God we serve. And all this fabricated stuff in our mind, we have got to get a hold of it. It's fabricated. And as you go, go to somebody, quit going to people who don't read their Bible for advice. Might as well ask your cat. Come on now. Do you remember when Joseph, his brothers, sold him? They took his coat of many colors. They shredded it and they put some lamb's blood on it. And they took it to their daddy. And they didn't tell him anything but this. Is this your son's coat? And dad looked at that coat and the fabrications began. He's been eaten by a wild animal. He's dead. The boys didn't say he was dead. He said, is this your son's coat? Fabrication. The enemy will fabricate things in your mind and in your life, and you'll say, oh, yeah, yeah, and trying to stop you from being the overcomer God's called you to be. Trying to stop you. Mm -mm. Let me go back. Five things you need to go. Go back. What does the word say? What does the word say? The, the, the truth is in the Word of God. 
The truth's not out there. It's in here. And we get into the word. We read the truth. We put the truth in our heart. And it, and it, and it brings the negative thoughts to default. It washes the slate clean. Come on, that's what I said this morning. We need to be washed out. That old milk's kind of getting bitter there in the bottom. Got to wash that milk out. Get something, scrape it out. Pour it out. Fill back up with something fresh. You know, that's why the children of Israel went out every day and got manna. It got to be fresh. And if you, you have a half loaf and a full loaf, my wife's getting out of the full loaf because she wants fresh. Well, you, that's the way God wants you to be. He wants you to have the freshest of him. We got to stay fresh. If we get it for fresh, we get bitter. We get, we get, we get bent down. So, so let's, let's pray just for a minute. I want you to look, close your eyes just for a second. And I, I want you to see in your heart, what is it that the enemy's been lying to you about? What are these things that, that has been hindering you? What has the Holy Spirit spoke to you in this service about? I want to pray over you just for a minute. So close your eyes and look at your heart. Just look at your heart just for a second. What lie have you believed? Should I name some? I'm no good. I'm not able. We can't have kids. I'll never get married. You mean to break that off you? Come on, what are these things? What are the thoughts that are hindering you in your mind? Let me pray over you. Huh? But you got to get them up. And you got to get ready to get rid of them. And you need to quit thinking about them. Quit rehearsing in your mind what, you, what, what the devil has told you. The lies you believe will hold you in bondage. So let me pray over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I break the bondages of lies that the enemy has put in us. And Lord God, let us step up and do what you've called us to do. That there be no hindrance. Some of you need to receive Jesus. Some of you need to take the next steps in Jesus. Some of you need to let go of your past. And when the devil brings it up, you need to say, nope, that's not my past. I have a future in Christ. So I break it off you in Jesus' name. Be free today. So with every head bowed, let me ask you, if you don't know Jesus, if you haven't accepted him, you've thought about it and you really wanted to, I'm talking to somebody specific, you really wanted to, but you know what? It just turns your stomach because people that you know that are Christians turn your stomach, but that's not Jesus. I don't follow other Christians, I follow Jesus. And where other Christians don't add up, I don't look to them, I look to Jesus. He's the perfect one. Will you give him your heart today? He's knocking on the door. Will you open the lid? Will you open the door? Will you give Jesus your heart? Maybe you're here today and you say, I'm free, Lord. I'm free. But I want to recommit my life to Jesus today. Is that you? Would you lift your hand and recommit your life to Jesus? Hey, I see that hand. I see that hand. Anyone else? Let's pray together. Say, Father, thank you for sending Jesus. 
to die on the cross for my sins. Please forgive me. Cleanse me. Renew me. I receive you as Lord and Savior. Fresh and new. Help me to live the rest of my life for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Look at me real quick. I want to finish this by saying that it doesn't matter what you cannot do. God can move in your life. God will send people to help you do what you cannot do. We're not supposed to do life alone. And that's what church is about. And it's what we'll be talking about next Sunday is that we're so powerful together. And if you can't add, somebody will add it for you. If you can't read, God can still move. I told a story. There was a lady that could not read. And she was in the service and she goes, Pastor, scriptures come up in my mind. Scriptures come up in my mind. But I can't read, so I don't know really what they mean or I I don't know. He said, next time the Lord gives you a scripture, I don't care if it's right in the middle of my preaching. I want you to raise your hand and wave at me. And we're just going to see if it's God or not. And so next Sunday, she's preaching, and she raised her hand, and the, the Lord gives her a scripture. He said, let's read it. He read it, and it fit exactly with what he was preaching. She was hearing from God, even though she could not read. She could go and get somebody to read those scriptures to her, though. God was giving her scriptures. Have you ever seen anybody that sat down, and God gave them the ability to play the piano? You ever heard of that? I have. I can tell of three or four people or more that I know that went to Mexico, couldn't speak Spanish, but they came back because God instantly downloaded it. Remember, your mind's a computer and the ability to speak Spanish and preach to people in Spanish. And it's crazy, isn't it? But that's our God. He's the God of signs and wonders. Won't you let him be a sign and wonder in you, for you? Okay, okay, Pastor. I'm going to try. No, no, try. Just receive. I'm a sign and a wonder, going to be a sign and a wonder. I'm trying to open you up a little bit. God wants to do some things in you. Well, he ain't never done before. Well, it's a new day. It's a new day. It's a new day. Come on. We're not living in the past. We're living in today. Let tomorrow worry about tomorrow. Let the past be gone. But today we're going to live, and it's a new day in God. Amen, amen.